0: And welcome back to the Back in Style podcast, the Twisted Mug Media Network's Twin Peaks podcast. I'm Logan. I'm Matthew. And today we have a special guest joining us. Uh, My brother Ethan is here. He's also a big Twin Peaks fan. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, that's me. No, very excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Well, we're excited to have you. Um, It's a good episode. Should be exciting to talk about. Um, We've been wanting to have you on, but now uh, you are living in D.C. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it's a little uh,
1: it's a little harder to coordinate
0: that, but <laughs> yeah I glad that I can be here. Yeah, we might try to call you in for some more important episodes mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, do a call a more friend important.
0: Individual. So you don't think that this is an important uh, important episode? Uh, That's the question? I mean, it's an okay episode. I agree. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. But. Um. So if it's your first time listening to the show. Uh. I've seen the whole show before. Um. Ethan has too. He's actually the one who introduced it to me. Uh, and it's Matt's first time yep. watching through it, so uh, we're spoiler-free. Uh, we won't be saying anything about any future episodes, so don't worry if it's your first time.
1: Yes, so you can, you can relate to me as I just try to throw out these crazy theories about who killed Laura Palmer, and then you can just, like, laugh along with Logan as he just laughs, just laughs at my crazy ideas. <laughs> All right, well, I guess with that, let's get into our plot
0: summary. And if you'd like to skip to the end of the plot summary, just go to 2 minutes and 53 seconds. Leland admits to killing Jacques. Hayward tells Andy to get him a sperm sample. Hawke's report says no one by the name of Robertson lived on Pearl Lakes. Cooper notices Andy's Circle brand boots. Andy says he got them from Phil Gerard. Jean Renault shows Ben the tape of Audrey. He says that Ben must pay a large sum of money for Audrey, and he wants Cooper to bring the ransom. Norma tells Hank that food critic M.T. Wentz is coming to town. Harold, t- Harold shows Donna Laura's diary. He says that Laura gave it to him for safekeeping. Harold says that he writes the stories of others. Ben asks Cooper to deliver the ransom. Pete tells Josie that Catherine is dead. Audrey tells Renault that Battis hit her. Renault shoots and kills Battis. Lucy tells Cooper about Dick Tremaine. Cooper tells Truman he needs the help of the bookhouse boys. Hank learns that District Attorney Daryl Lodwick is in town. Uh, Donna tells Maddie that Harold has Laura's diary, and she is going to try to get it. Truman wants to know why Josie left. They embrace as the Asian man watches through a window. Judge Sternwood greets Truman, Lucy, and Cooper. Dick Tremaine offers to pay Lucy to have an abortion. Uh, Ben meets Mr. Tojimura, who is checking in. Uh, Josie introduces Pete to her cousin Jonathan, the Asian man. Jonathan and Josie scheme about selling the mill. Truman meets Cooper at the roadhouse and says that he will help Cooper. Jonathan beats up Hank
1: and says that he will kill him next time. Yep, so as we said, we're all the way into season two, we're on episode four. Um, we're coming off um, some pretty climactic episodes, primarily the season two premiere, and mm-hmm. then um, uh, two and three as well were very intriguing. This one's a little bit different and yeah. interesting in its own way, I think we'll get into it. Um, it's got its ups and downs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit of an in-between episode. Yes. It, it introduces some new characters. That's right, sure, right? yes. Right? Yeah. The judge, the judge, yeah, um, Judge Clinton Sternwood, Daryl Lodwick, right? It's a DA, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, Mr. Tojimura, Jonathan, yes. um, <laughs> the mysterious empty Wentz, yes. right?
1: Yeah. But also in this episode, um, a couple characters are not seen. We don't ever see Shelley. We yeah. never see Bobby. Which is in the past episodes they've kind of been the primary focus, yeah. as well as Leo, although he is right. in a coma, yeah. a, or so we think. You know, yeah. com- we'll see yeah, how conscious he is later on. Right, uh, James. Uh, yeah, James it's is like missing. It. Yep, um, an absence that Ed? You know, <laughs> Ed, is mentioned. Ed is mentioned, mentioned but not yes. seen. Yep. Right, and I think
0: Jacoby is still out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's it's still it's chilling in the, in the hospital. Yeah. yeah, no yeah. Hawk either. Is Hawk in? It? Uh, he might be, but yeah, but he's
1: he doesn't have a featured role. Yeah. So it's limited to a, yeah, a couple characters. Small
0: cast episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but um, so this opening scene, it op- the way that it opens, it opens on like a hole in the ceiling yeah. and there's screams. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, out. Yeah. this is my favorite part of the episode, okay. to be honest. Oh, the, the very slow zoom out from this hole in the wall while you hear Laura's screams and her saying, Daddy. Right. And it's very, very creepy. Yes. And then it finally settles on Leland's face. Yeah, well,
1: at first it almost resembles a sort of well. You're not sure where you are if you're coming out of the mm-hmm. earth. And then just slowly starts to come out and you realize you're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to what the ceiling above us is. But, you know, there's kind of holes in the... It, yeah. It, it's really strange.
0: M- my first thought... Uh, when it's zooming out, it kind of looks like
1: an eye. Like it kind of uh-huh. looks like that. Like I was thinking the the like an bottom. ear, almost. You know what I mean? Coming down, yeah, yeah, okay. ear, It's strange. I did. I did, I did kind eye- of expect it to be on somebody's body, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A- and then
0: when it zooms out, and, then, and you can see like two holes in the ceiling, I think it kind of looks like a coconut. I was thinking. I was getting a little okay. bit of like Dr. Some, Jacoby, some Jacoby
1: coconut vibes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm curious about what you guys think this part. Represents this this entrance because to me it kind of feels like it's Leland is lost in thought and this is kind of like a Mm -hmm. a a representation of that. I'm not sure exactly. Well, because they're calling his name uh, Mm -hmm. and they're like trying to get his attention, so I feel like maybe he's just you know lost lost in his thoughts. Yeah,
1: yeah, because he talks about the the feeling of absolute grief and absolute Mm. loss that he's in and just how deeply he's wallowing in his grief. And he just... And we've seen him before just kind of out of it with the dancing scenes and even when he kills uh, Jacques Renault. Yeah, Jacques Renault. Yeah, yeah. Just how... Just not present he seemed to be. How he just starts crying afterwards. It's it's strange. Yeah. Yeah, he has an interesting way of, like... Coping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I'd say so. His... Uh,
0: yeah, his statement there about the absolute grief, he says, have you ever experienced absolute grief... Uh, or absolute loss? And, um... Cooper says something like, I I doubt any one of
1: us is a stranger to loss or something like that. Yeah, this is a great scene. I know we've talked about it before, about Ray Wise. And I think he's one of, if not the best actor on this show, just Mm. in in terms of acting. I think he's magnificent. And in this scene especially, when he just starts to break down and admits, yes, I I did kill Jacques Renault." I think it's really heartbreaking. And you can see the pain on everybody's faces, especially Harry, because, I mean, we kind of forget, but he was a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, Mm. uh, Mr. Palmer. So it's, mm-hmm. to see him in this situation now is especially heartbreaking for them.
0: Right, and and even when, um, you know, even when Judge Sternwood comes in later, which, he, he's a great character, that um, <laughs> I, I, I forgot about. Um, but, you know, even when he comes in later, he's he's trying to give Leland the benefit of the doubt. He's saying, you know, it's not, it, this isn't like you. Like, he knows Leland, he knows Leland to be a good man, a good lawyer, so... Um, yeah, it's I feel like everyone's kind of like trying to sympathize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even um uh Dr. Hayward yeah. we see he says I'll tell you one thing parents should not bury their children. Um as if he's implying like you know, obviously he shouldn't have killed this guy, but I think Dr. Hayward is in that line imagining what it would be like for him if Donna had been the one that was murdered yeah. and and that he would probably do anything to avenge that and yeah. I think he really sympathizes with Leland in that. Agreed. Yeah, and he's and he's defending him and and Cooper just asks him point blank he says like Dr. Hayward, do you approve of murder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. it's, not, it's yeah. interesting cuz Cooper in this case favors the justice over the sympathy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he's not always like that, but mm-hmm. I guess I guess he sometimes is. Yeah, that's true. Um so you know, at the police station uh
1: then we go to a completely as serious scene, which is Andy's sperms. Yes. Right. <laughs> Andy's sperms. Which is an interesting development in this episode. Yes. Something that I think they spend a bit too much time on, in my <laughs> opinion. and As well as the Dick Tremaine stuff that we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but yep, uh, Andy, as we learned, he flunked his sperm test, <laughs> and he wants to try it again. He wants to do a retake. <laughs> right. Because he's so been you... wearing boxers. Right. Yes. To
0: increase his sperm count. Yes. Sperms count. I, I think it's... Okay, I'm not the biggest fan of the Lucy's Pregnancy plot and the love triangle with her and Dick and Andy, mm-hmm. Me but either. I do love that every time Andy says sperm, he, he calls it sperms. I think that's really funny. I think that's very clever.
1: Like, <laughs> that's such a funny quirk of this of this plot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's always funny when, you know, like every now and then we'll cut to thumb and she'll be mad and it's kind of this tangential mm-hmm. plot line, but... I think it, it becomes too much of a focus in this yeah, episode. But it goes on for a while. It does because he grabs the magazine. He's going to go in the bathroom and he's going to go uh, get the get the sperms and put in oh, the bottle. Oh, she for sees the magazine it, and, and his bottle is rolling everywhere. Yep. <laughs> so, it goes on
0: for a while. It does. It does yeah, but um, it's a little goofy. <laughs> yes, definitely. But uh, you know, Cooper and Truman are talking about how Clinton Sternwood and Daryl Ludwig are coming to town, uh, and that's for Leland's bail hearing and for leo's competency exam which, oh yeah and we don't like we said we don't see leo in this episode but mm-hmm. um apparently he's about to have some kind of exam to see you know if he's really there how much of a vegetable is he mm-hmm. really um so i don't know i guess that's coming up but that's the reason that uh daryl lodwick is in town That that's that makes for a funny scene later at the at the double r diner right, right, right yes right. um but another interesting development in uh, the whole Pearl Lakes, um, you know, Robertson plot, they, they say that no mm-hmm. one by the name of Robertson ever
1: lived in Pearl Lakes. Yeah, even though Leland seemed to be quite sure that someone... So th- they just said there was a house next to it, and mm-hmm. was it a trailer, mm-hmm. like he was describing? Because uh, then you say it was like a... I think um, it may have been. That's a game. good question. Yeah, they just say that the, they know who the last occupants were, and it wasn't mm-hmm. Robertson ever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like we've seen, like we've talked about, Bob seems to be a very supernatural figure who sometimes when he appears in places, some people can see him, others can't, and he's, I don't know, moves around in this, like, spirit-like form, maybe? Mm-hmm. We don't really know, so, I right. mean, that that's something to play around with. So this is a clue to the, the sheriff's department that they're not just going to find
0: Robertson at this place and then take him in, and then that's the end of it. Like, right. There's something
1: much more confusing
0: going on. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely, but... uh here comes Andy. He's coming back in. He's got. We have a little bit of slapstick comedy. Drops the vial right. and has to go, you know, <laughs> under under the chairs to look for his sperms. And um, <laughs> but Cooper notices the brand of Andy's boots is uh, Circle brand boots, apparently, which is the same kind that
1: uh, Leo was hiding his cocaine in. And Leo had said earlier in season one when he was talking to. Snake, right? right, and Bobby that he needed to buy new boots yeah. wasn't that new? yeah when he was yeah. selling them the drugs or whatever, yeah. which seemed very strange then, and I didn't think it would ever come back around. But um, so and then this was um for Cooper to realize okay another one of the clues came mm. true from the giant right. What was the clue
0: that he's talking about here?
1: Um, so it it was the
0: th- so we had three clues right. He says the giant says said there was a clue out there um with Philip Gerard. Uh, I think. I think he may have just, that may have been the Leo locked inside a hungry horse. Oh, yeah. It may well, have been that, mm-hmm. or there might have been, like, I don't know, he probably said something like, you know, there's more, infla- more information at Leo's house. But... Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But it's further validating what the giant has mm-hmm. been saying.
0: And and also linking Phil Gerard, possibly, to to Leo. Yeah.
1: yeah right. right. It's Leo locked
0: inside hungry horse. There's a clue at Leo's house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So that's what it is. So then that's how they find out that
1: Yep, and Philip Gerard is nowhere to be seen. Last time we right. saw him, he was in the bathroom, saying he was coming for Bob, and he yes. knew he was there. Don't know what happened to him. Yeah,
0: that was very weird. But he, he, yeah, he was injecting himself with his, with his chemicals in the, in mm-hmm. the bathroom, and he was flailing around the stall, and then he, he left, and he said that he could like smell Bob or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's off on a quest to. Find Robertson
1: there. Yeah. Bob has a strong scent of denim from that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just smell him from miles away. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, at the Great
0: Northern now, uh, Ben Horn has this assistant, Louie, who I don't think we've seen before. The thing is, I feel like the way Louis is acting, we're expected to know who she is. She's so, like, distinctive. Yeah. She's so... She's such a wacky character. It really makes me feel like Wait, like, did I miss the other parts with Louie? Right. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I guess, it's like, you know, maybe it's more of a, like, realism thing. Like, you know, she, she would have a personality, even though we haven't seen her before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess that's... Yeah. I guess that would be the explanation, right. but... But she's talking about M.T. Wentz. Exactly. Yes, the, 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 the travel writer.
1: Yes, who's apparently coming to to Twin Peaks, and throughout the episode, we see different businesses scrambling to try to... You know, get a favorable review from him, mm-hmm. and yeah, and Ben says that he wants a good
0: review, and uh, so they're they're supposed to look out for anyone who pays with cash, which, as we see later, someone does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so Ben heads into his
1: office, and Jean Renault is waiting there. Jean Renault. Who but Jean Renault. He's an interesting. It's just funny the way the way he talks and his mannerisms is very very muted and yeah. even if without subtitles I think it would be very hard to understand. It's funny. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because he is so different from yeah. his like brutish like
0: slob Jacques mm-hmm. Renault brother, right? Yeah, and also who's the other,
1: who's the third brother that they Bernard? Yes, Bernard. Bernard, yeah, and we saw him only once. I think. right, we saw him only with run... the bookhouse boys. Yeah, was, they were like captured him or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: he. Yeah, I, I feel like he didn't... He I mean, he had a really bad, uh, like, French-Canadian accent. That's right. But, um, they gave him Jean one little... shot, and he, he mm-hmm. bombed the scene. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so... But uh, Jean is here. They have some kind of business-themed uh, banter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he... Jean just suddenly turns on this TV, and it's this video of Audrey that they shot. So did Jean bring this TV to the <laughs> office? I'm just...
1: <laughs> I'm curious yeah, about how. He, he arrives an hour early and set it all up. It would be a lot easier
0: in the 21st century. That's true. Behind.
1: Yeah, because we saw earlier the lady was filming Audrey with the yeah, big old right. camera <laughs> and, the <laughs> big... and the VCR tape and brought it over. Right. So, um, he, he, Mr. He... Mr. Horn knows John Renault, right? It sounds like yeah, he's met him before through so, business yeah. with the One Eye Jacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an interesting scene because uh, he shows him the tape and Mr. Horn is obviously he's, he's surprised, he's shocked. Mm-hmm. And do you think is do you guys think this is Mr Horn worried because of, you know, some sort of financial loss that he'll suffer or, you know, some problem mm-hmm. that would come to the one eye jacks, or is he truly worried about Audrey? You know, is this is this his true like love toward Audrey, he's worried about her? What do you think?
0: I, I think it's always kinda hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell. Later, not to jump ahead too far, but in a later line when he's talking to Cooper about this plot, he says, You and Audrey have a special relationship. You of all people understand her value to me. Right. What does he mean her value to me? Like you should just be able to say she's my daughter. That's the value. Yeah. If, yeah, so it, that's it, odd. It does seem a little off. It seems like he's only speaking in uh, he's only speaking about things in terms of like finance like
1: mm-hmm. you know or, or what could be bad for his business. Yeah, because in all the other episodes that's all we've ever seen. Right. When he used to talk to Audrey. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So, um you know, he he, re, he requests some money that uh, is delivered by Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I guess he wants it... So they want it delivered by Cooper because they're going to try to kill Cooper at mm-hmm. One Eye Jacks. Is that right?
1: And it, and Jean Reno doesn't tell Mr. Horn that he wants to kill right. Cooper. But it, it seems like uh, Mr. Horn realizes that right. yeah. when he tells. That he's being Cooper. sent into a trap. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So we'll see more of uh, Jean and Ben later, but... Um, i guess for now we can go to the double r diner the double r yeah it's, the, it's a weird little scene that a mini scene that starts this segment of the double r diner hank is uh handing donna some soup Ooh, yeah it's, eerie it's Very really eerie. weird he's just acting really odd yes he says well you're looking
1: real pretty today donna <laughs> and then and then she's leaving don't spill the soup well, Hank always does this. He's, he's always friendly and jovial and he's laughing and he's cracking jokes mm-hmm. and as soon as the person he's talking to walks away, his demeanor completely changes mm-hmm. and it gets that yeah. cold, creepy... And he does it with everyone, including yep. Norma. He as an so actor much. has gotten really good at
0: that with doing the, yes. like, sudden just, like, whoom, but yeah. then suddenly he's, like,
1: a, a, a killer again. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. And it's funny because well, he always looks especially... somewhat disappointed mm-hmm. and just, like, sad almost.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know... Like, kudos to Hank for being able to, to act like he's, you know, friendly with people when he's, like, a very bad person. But also, I mean, like, kudos to Chris Mulkey for portraying a character mm-hmm. who has two very different sides and has to switch really quickly. Kudos to Chris Mulkey. Yeah. Definitely. Chris Mulkey, come on the show. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to you. Um, we love you. Um, so, you know, Norma gets the same tip about M.T. Wentz. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to be a theme throughout this episode, and she gets um, it
1: from Louie, isn't it? Right. I think so. Yeah, I so yeah. think Louis, Louis calls uh-huh. her
0: to tell her. Right. Uh-huh. I guess they're friends. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where, where's the Louis spinoff? That's <laughs> oh, yes. true. Um, that would be great.
1: Ditch, ditch the Andy and Lucy plot line. We need, we need Louis. Yeah. There you yes. Go. <laughs> yeah,
0: so Shelly tells, or sorry, Norma tells yeah. Hank about Mt. Wentz coming, and Hank really, really <laughs> wants to help. And this, this is. I know that Hank is a bad guy, but I love what he does for for her in this episode. I, I think that's so nice. You kind of get sucked into him. You're it's like, oh, so, he's
1: nice, he's, right? And yeah, and right. he's getting the tablecloth. He suddenly candles. rushes out to
0: buy some flowers, yeah. like without her even asking him to. Mm-hmm. And and it even almost like it even makes us believe and like mm-hmm. forget that he's. You know, a bit, not a good person. Yeah. Uh, I
1: feel like that kind of switches, though, as soon as he kisses her. Because it's kind of aggressive, and you can even tell yeah. on his face that mm, so she's kind of mm, like, oh, yeah. she's thrown off by it. And then he throws in the big Ed thing. Right. Right? And then you're like, okay. Oh, right, mm-hmm. you remember, like, oh, wait. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, he looks really, like, giddy. Like, he's excited to go out shopping. He says, we're yeah. going to deck the place out, like, Christmas on the 4th of July. <laughs> Which...
1: I don't know what that means. Would be, I guess, uh, very
0: fancy. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Be exciting. So he's gonna get tablecloths and flowers and and Christmas trees and fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) I guess guess. might be a little much for uh, you know little double R diner. Yeah. (laughs) um, You know we we saw Donna earlier in the scene and now so now she's headed to Harold's and they've this this is an interesting scene for sure. Mm -hmm. We talked about the character of Harold. I love the character. Um, He's so interesting. He seems so mysterious. Like Mm -hmm. he's the shut in. He's sensitive, but, like, he... I, I get the sense that maybe he has a dark side to him. Like, why is he keeping this diary with him instead of, you know, this might have really important information in it, as Donna realizes that mm-hmm. they might need to find the killer. Uh, right. But he is... Uh, I think I think he's an awesome character. Yeah, because I'm always, really
1: interested in him. It always seems like at, a, at a, the blink of an eye, he can turn into someone very angry and someone much more menacing than what mm-hmm. it seems. He always seems to have this very angry side. It's, uh-huh. it's strange, yeah. The, the way he walks the line between that's yeah. sensitive and intimidating. It's something
0: right. It's something in his bright blue eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So shifting and Cause, looking cause, around. I mean, he's very kind. He seems very kind to everyone, but mm-hmm. yeah, also also pretty mysterious. I guess that's sort of... I, I mean, we're pretty early in, in the episode, but I, I think I think that's kind of like the theme of the episode. You have Hank, who's, you know, acting so excited about this, and, and you have Ben, and you can't really figure out if he... Uh, is worried about Audrey for financial purposes or just worried about Audrey because she's his daughter. And then all the stuff with Harold, he he seems to be hiding something. So I guess sure. that's I guess that's kind of the through line yeah. for all of these. Kind of the through line for the series, people <laughs> yeah. hiding things. But yeah. uh, definitely, true. definitely a duality up a lot in this episode. Yes. Right. Duality is contained <laughs> within life. individual characters mm-hmm. instead of between two different characters, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So they yeah. decide to drink to Laura, and then he says... Oh, I have Laura's diary here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's read some of it for some reason. Let's which, have a reading of her private diary which where she Donna, talks about you. Yeah,
1: which Donna already knew because she saw it. Right. And But we never got, the question was never answered. as to what that piece of paper she was trying to pull out yeah. from under the bookshelf was. We don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. Like um, that. Maybe that's, that's Harold's more darker writings. But maybe. so this is not, this is what Harold has written. Right, mm-hmm. it's what what it, Laura has told to him, and right. then he writes it. Down. He transcribes right, and so, and
0: we talked about last episode how he's he's based off of the real life um, person, I think uh, Arthur Crew Inman, and he he was like kind of a shut in like Harold, and mm-hmm. and he would he would have people tell him stories, and he would kind of transcribe it, and that's a lot of what Harold talks about here. He he says he. Um, I, f- I forget the exact lines but you know he says he he takes people's stories and like weaves them into a book or something like that mm-hmm. a sort um, of living novel he says yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well it's kind of similar cuz he's reading this the 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 entry and it's just it's just roasting um Donna Yeah <laughs> and it's similar to when they uh, listen to the tape mm-hmm. and she just, she just comes for James and just right. tears <laughs> apart him and any of his self worth Yes. which is kind of That's hilarious, another, That's hilarious. Another group. Yes. a bit more satisfying to watch but <laughs> yeah. yeah I
0: think this one isn't quite as yes. uh, quite as mean to Donna but it is, he says I love Donna very much, or she says I love Donna very much but sometimes I worry that she wouldn't be around me at all if she knew what my insides were like um, which is upsetting to Donna as her friend to hear, right. like oh my friend who was murdered didn't trust me to, to, to hear about this darker side of her but a really, really disturbing passage that Harold chooses to read from this diary. I'm not really sure what made him choose it. Um, (laughs) Oh, let's just open to a random page where she says she couldn't trust you with her uh, sex (laughs) fantasies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very hot. I don't know if maybe he just flipped to a random
1: page and had bad luck, or maybe it's all like that. It doesn't really help his case, because then he proceeds to say, oh, then, you know, maybe you can tell me your story. Yeah, right. It's like, I don't know if I'd want to do that. But he says, you know, people tell me their stories, um, friends, lovers, and then he says, you know, you could tell me your story. It's it's interesting. It's a little little chemistry between Uh, the two of them. Is this a date that they're on? Can we call it maybe?
0: I don't know if it's Donna investigating, but I think she's kind of fascinated by Harold in a way. At mm-hmm. least I don't know what kind of fascination, but I think so. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, we, we'll see how that progresses as the as the season goes on, as as all of these plot lines. But um, yes. you know, Ben. Next next scene is Ben asks Cooper to take the money to One eyed Jacks. So that's I don't know. It's not that interesting a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Josie comes home. Um, to to my
1: dismay, I, I don't really like the character of Josie. Um, we talked about this before. We said, yeah. is, is Josie, is, is it just a bad actress, or is she just playing the character Josie, you know, um, being deceitful and lying about these things over the top? Right. You know, because especially in the scene later on with, with Truman, it, yeah. it, it's weird. It, 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 yeah, I it's agree. Really, right, it, it, we said it's hard to tell if she's, if the character
0: is a, bad liar or if the actress is just a bad actress actress, exactly yeah but i don't know she she gets home apparently she was shopping because she has a ton of bags a lot she has a a lot of bags and and boxes and expensive stuff apparently and uh pete has to tell her the sad news that Catherine died in the mill fire Mm -hmm. Um, but her
1: body was never found right and um They are going to have a burial soon.
0: Right. And and an interesting thing happens because he says, I don't know exactly what we'll be burying. And almost as he's still saying the line, it feels like the transition shot comes too
1: soon because he's still saying the line, but it goes to trees blowing in the wind. Yeah. No, you're right. And I was expecting, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, are we going to be going to, you know, a shot of Catherine now? We're going to be fine. It kind of feels like that would be the natural lead-in, but no, it just goes to these trees and then... I forget what it goes to next, right? Uh, um, after
0: that is the oh, it's at it, One Eye Jacks. Yeah, it's just but, a kind of strange transition. Right. So, do
1: you think that 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 juxtaposition of him saying that
0: and then the trees is supposed to make you think a certain thing about the trees? Maybe they represent some sort of I don't know. Evil. Well, we we've heard people say like there's
1: an evil in the in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to me it 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 makes me think that, okay, Catherine is alive. I don't know, just Mm -hmm. showing, like, this nature and the trees makes me think, okay, she's out there somewhere, you know? Yeah,
0: so I don't know if you can remember, like, as far back, because it was was a long time ago. Um, It was, I mean, it was was months ago. It was before our big hiatus, but um, it was at Laura's funeral, they use a transition to go into the whole funeral sequence and out of the funeral sequence where there's basically these same trees that are blowing in the wind. Really? And as people during that funeral are kind of all talking about like closure and, you know, this is why we have funerals and, um, and like, you know, kind of rest. It, it seems like that the, the trees blowing in the wind are kind of unrest. That's kind of how I read it in the context that it's used Mm -hmm. here. Um, but I don't know. It, it's definitely up to interpretation. You could take it as the the evil in the woods, or the um, you know, not 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 quite being finished, a little bit of unrest. Um, but. I mean, I, I think that there's something otherworldly about the trees, definitely, in, in the way that they are used symbolically. Um, and I think that there's something to the idea of the trees having spirits um I don't I don't really know exactly how to say this but I think that you know if you think about the log lady with her husband inside of her log um I don't know I think that there's this idea what's the by the way what's the place that Ben is trying to sell his new ghostwood ghostwood, yeah. ghostwood. I think that there's I think that ghostwood is a kind of a phrase that is interesting to hmm. me in this. Uh, the fusion between the spirits and the trees. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely true. Especially with Pete's line, his last line before that transition about, you know, I don't know exactly what we'll be burying. No one knows exactly mm-hmm. what's in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. But also that line as, as it pertains to Laura's funeral is interesting because with Bobby's whole speech about, you know, no one knew her. We all you know, we all killed her. That's They didn't really know who they were burying,
1: maybe? That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Um, oh that's a really interesting reading right. of that line. Right. She has a secret right, life. With like all that.
1: this all this talk about her secret diary and everything and mm-hmm. and with Donna in the previous or last episode or whatever saying that you know she's just causing troubles for us. It's yeah. Just, she's just you know we loved her when she was here but now I'm just she's I'm angry at her. Right, she has that scene screaming at the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Like why are you why are you causing all these problems for me? Yeah. Even when you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I
0: think those are good interpretations. Yeah.
1: Um, so
0: next scene up, we already said it's it's at One Eye Jacks, and um, Emery leads this leads a drugged Audrey into uh, Jean's office. Slimy mm-hmm. sleazy Emery. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Obviously Jean isn't a good guy here, right? <laughs> but it's satisfying to see Emery finally get uh, it's so nice. You know. But Audrey says that Emery hit her. Yeah. And. Emery's next line is I did not I did not hit her <laughs> it's not true it's not true <laughs> I did not and he says it he says it in a similar voice to Tommy Wiseau I would say it, that, that's his,
1: his acting just legend right there I that's guess who so he looks maybe he though. was
0: in the acting class oh one. yeah he, he <laughs> was them. there yeah and, uh, yeah I think Tommy Wiseau has said that David Lynch is one of his greatest inspirations <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised he, yeah call back to our um God, which which uh, CTP was that? We was that Reve- was that Attack the Clones? Or?
1: Um,
0: what? Oh, uh, when we talked about uh, Hayden Christensen being. Oh, uh, in... I think so. was yeah. that the Phantom Menace. His, or his the acting Jedi? is uh, timing was at a level. Yes, it's it's on that level. <laughs> but yeah, and and Emery Badis too, I guess. Oh, yeah. Emery. So but. so does Em did Emery actually hit
1: her? Or, or what what I kind of interpret to be is even in her just um just you know drugged stupor Audrey is right. still that super deceitful and you know yeah, she's pre- still trying her best man- to get out of this yeah, manipulative persona mm-hmm. so she still traps him which is funny all
0: right and, and if she is trying to just manipulate him it works cuz sean shoots emery yeah and it's a nice with thing. no warning mm-hmm. um but a really interesting um effect that's used in this scene is, mm-hmm. is like a kind of echo effect like we're supposed to be feeling what Audrey is feeling,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um, which I, I think is good. It's it's good to kind of put us on the same plane as she is, with her experience because you know, she's manipulated. She's very manipulative. It's it's I guess kind of hard to be on her side sometimes, but um, yeah. But it's disturbing to see her be yeah. drugged like this and to see her lose that agency that she always has when she's mm-hmm. trying to manipulate people and trying to. She's she's just trying to get under cover and figure out this mystery, and she's fallen into this terrible yeah. situation
1: right and they have a little nice effect where uh, Jean pulls out the gun and then you, we can't tell if it's pointing at Emery or yeah. Audrey mm-hmm. and then the gun fires and Audrey screams but then we see Emery hit the ground and the blood mm. is from his head
0: yeah Yes. yeah really really good scene there um, oh, it's something else I wanted to say oh yeah uh, you know we talked about this with um, a Hank and Leo dynamic how Leo's so menacing all the time but you know, then Hank shoots Leo, and and it's very clear that you know Hank's Hank's kind of taken over now, um, and I think it's sort of the same way that Audrey has been manipulative the whole time we've seen her. She always gets what she wants, and so I I, I think it's scary for us as viewers to see her not in control.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah, I would say so, and that's I think that's a theme that they they use really well in this show. Yes, um, but a- after Emery dies. Um, Back at the police station, back to our favorite—the most important plot of the episode. Yes, (laughs) Andy approaches Lucy, and she is holding huge, oversized scissors, and she's making coffee. I don't know why she needs the scissors to make coffee, but hard to say. she, She turns around to face him, and she seems very angry. I was worried for Andy. Thought he might get stabbed or something, but that would be such a bizarre twist in this episode <laughs> if Ooh. suddenly Lucy Lucy was a murderer. Yeah. That would yes. be oh, that <laughs> I mean, it would put an end to the plot, I guess. So. That's true. That would yeah. be kind of nice. Um, but Cooper is you know the ever caring gentleman, and he, mm-hmm. he asks Lucy, "What's going on?" You know, she's feeling conflicted as always. Um, she she talks about Dick uh, Dick Tremaine horns department store men's fashions
1: mm-hmm. um, yes are you still seeing this dick dick <laughs> very, very, that's yeah,
0: that is a really funny line a very funny <laughs> subtitle yeah um she also says that her problems with andy that she noticed after a year and a half of seeing him were he never exercises he never washes his car and he doesn't even own a sports coat mm. um and whereas dick tremaine <laughs> has lots of coats and keeps himself and his car in great shape so, between... I mean, just just on those three things, we can see Dick is superior, oh, obviously. Absolutely. Right. But, you know, but Andy's, Andy's got a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. No, he does. I love Andy. Yeah. Yes. And Andy's got a heart of gold, oh. and he is a detective genius, um, as we found out when he stepped on the plank at Leo's house uh, and found that cocaine. Yes. That was good. That was one of the great mom- moments in law enforcement history. <laughs> yeah, according oh. to Albert, yes. Definitely. Right. And... Um, He's a very talented photographer, even though he cries all the time. Oh, that's he's, right. Um, yep. And he, in the first episode, when and he's, he's when also he's a very good sketch artist. He yes, he's the one that does that's sketches for that. that. Right. Forgot so, about that. I don't know. His sketch of Leo wasn't great. Yeah, Bob. Bob was better. But his sketch of Bob is pretty good. Yes. Um... Yeah, so you know they they both have their merits, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: but Cooper can't seem to figure out what's the problem with her. She says I don't yeah. know repeatedly, and she leaves. And uh, uh, Truman, you know, he says, "All right, you know, uh, you tried, but uh, we've all tried it before, and it never works." <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Lucy is just nice effort. Perpetually <laughs> angsty. Yes. Um, well, and... you probably would be
0: too if you had to date Andy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like I do love him, but I think that would be pretty taxing. Yeah, have your roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, hopping back to Hank here. Uh, Hank has really spiced the whole place up. Um, and it seems it seems like it's ready. Oh, but, but first, oh. Cooper asks Harry to send oh, his yeah, best yeah, book right. house boy to mm-hmm. help him with a favor. Yep. And without asking any questions, he says, absolutely, I'll set it up. Yep. So he trusts yep. him a lot. All right, that. He knows, he trusts him. Yep, but yeah, do so, double R, the uh, place is all um, tricked out, like the Christmas on the 4th of July, and... Um, <laughs> There, there's only one guest in there, and it's Toad. He's Toad. there as always. Um, and... Uh, My favorite thing about Toad in this scene is I don't think he says an actual no. word the entire time. He talks like a, like a video game character or right. something. Like He just goes like... I think that's so funny.
1: It's hilarious.
0: Yeah, but this big, big guy with a huge, oversized cowboy hat walks in and they think oh my god this must be Empty wentz um mm-hmm. so they're you know they're doing their best to make Empty wentz uh you know make him feel welcome and they lead him to the table and <laughs> they like like you said they, they lead toad away and he can't say any words uh, they, I guess, Hank lets him eat the rest of his dinner in the back of the kitchen. Says, let's
1: let's go finish this someplace else. Right. Toad, and he, he doesn't. Right. He Which he doesn't Norma does not does not like. She sees right. him back there and she's like, "Get out of the kitchen!" Right. Well, I think it doesn't. Toad start to break into the other food back there. It sounds like oh, he right, yeah. open a couple of Tupperwares and was digging into the <laughs> daily specials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no empty ones are not empty ones. But Daryl, 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 all he wants yeah. is a cheeseburger, medium Coke, and fries. And Norma's mm-hmm. a little mad about that. I but... can
0: imagine that being a thing though, like a. Food critic who is like you can learn everything about a diner by the way they serve a cheeseburger, fries, and a coke. Yes, I don't know. I don't know, like I don't know how you would do it, but it it feels like you know that that shouldn't throw them off immediately. They should be like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. She All says right. she says some sort of food critic trick.
1: Yes, <laughs> they would know, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, but
0: a really weird thing happens in this scene. Uh, Daryl Lodwick, who they think is empty, went. He he walks up to them. And he just stares at them for a couple Ooh. seconds, and then he rubs his hands together <laughs> like a little fly who's just landed on some poop, and he goes, "Bathroom," <laughs> and, and and Hank's lines yes. here are hilarious, especially weird. But he he leads him. He goes, "Oh yes, of course." Turn right over here. He he says, "We just painted it, and uh, it looks really good." And then he says, uh, "It's completely private." What does that mean? And he goes, so we put and, in some oh, stall doors.
1: We put in some walls in it. Nobody can see you uh, poop anymore. So, so, in the in the time between uh, before they learn empty once is coming, Hank has bought curtains, candles painted the bathroom and introduced some daily specials hey, did he just paint the bathroom that's what he says he I says, oh he says we just painted. finished painting it uh-huh well, i guess and i don't, don't
0: know it looks really nice yeah and apparently it's private now which i guess their bathroom wasn't before <laughs> yeah. that seems like a problem but it's a small town yeah. doors <laughs> it's a small town yeah everyone knows everyone yeah they don't have boundary issues really yeah, but, no, about that. um yeah <laughs> uh you know toad toad's eating in the back uh, norma whisks
1: him out and then um uh, and we find who else is in the restaurant? It's right. Not just Toad; it's uh, Donna and, and Madeline. Yep. Right. And
0: they're not sitting in their usual
1: spot, but I yeah. guess
0: I guess to make the empty went scene work, they have right. to keep them over there. But... Yeah, I feel like the place that the camera pans over to kind of confused me. I was yeah. like, have we I was like, been here? Oh, I didn't realize there was a table right. right here. I think
1: the only other time we've seen this is when Norma is sitting there, and Hank says, "I'm yeah. going to make it up to you somehow." Yeah. Yep, that's okay. that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they normally sit on the
0: other side where um yeah. you know, the Major Briggs' dream and uh, you
1: know, the log lady puts her
0: gum on the wall. And yep. That, that
1: that that's the main hub. That's the main spot. But uh they're yeah. talking and uh we've got this whole conflict. Uh Madeline is hooking up with James and Donna's mad about this and Donna's smoking cigarettes to uh what is it? Uh ease make her less nervous yeah. even though they made the tension. Uh, Relieve the tension, yeah. even though she started getting tense when she smoked the cigarettes. Right. <laughs> Uh, but she's but Madeline's like you know are you seeing someone and she's like you know it doesn't really matter and they're both kind of like talking about this but she says all right like I actually need your help in something mm-hmm. I got this diary and the police don't have it um, and they're kind of talking about that because before she talked to Harold and she said um, shouldn't we give this to the yeah, police right. and he's kind of it's kind of weird And he says oh you know I looked at it there, there's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing in right. it that would pertain right. to the mm-hmm. investigation. Just, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> right, his motive for trying to conceal that is is unclear, as we said. Yes, he seems he's a bit too attached to it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very attached to it, and, but he seems like such a nice guy. But um, yeah, I don't know. He's definitely he's a little I don't know, a little um, suspect. Yes, you know? but uh, you know, Hank. All right, Hank checks the. Uh, uh, Daryl lodwick's ID
1: and so uh, finds out that it's not empty when so. and he takes it and he keeps it right oh yeah. he wants to keep it for he does. Himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not sure what he's gonna do with that right he
0: know. seems to recognize the name when he looks at it I don't know okay. like he he well he makes yeah, that very confused. dark mysterious so, face he when he Hank sees face. it mm-hmm. right he's suddenly gone from bringing bringing Daryl Lodwick to the ba- to the private bathroom <laughs> and then suddenly he goes <laughs> like he sees yep. the he sees the license and his face totally changes. Right. I don't know. I don't know what he has planned. With yeah, that. me neither. But um now we go to what I think is not a very good scene at all. Um Josie and
1: Harry, whenever mm-hmm. Josie is in
0: the scene, it's just this one especially.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's a strange scene. So yeah. like, she comes in in this new dress she's bought, bothers- scantily clad, and she's trying to like seduce Harry. But he's yeah. he's 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 confused and he still has questions. Remember, yeah. He's why did you leave so suddenly? And he's suspicious. Right. Um, but she's trying to just like make out with him. But he's just not into it. it, it it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, basically, he's suspicious of her because you know, she left right after this big
0: accident and didn't explain why. Um, and She's being so over dramatic about it. She's oh, how could you hurt me so? Like, uh... mm-hmm. a lot of the mill plot. So I I think that an interesting thing that the season one of Twin Peaks does really well is balance the soap opera elements with making fun of the soap opera elements. Mm-hmm. Like some of the interactions between the teens are like, all right, it's it's funny that they're like this. This doesn't feel like it's satirizing that mm-hmm. as much it feels like it's just getting really lost in she's being very dramatic in their relationship and we really are supposed to care about their relationship drama and i think that 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 kind of summarizes a lot of the Mill plot to me yeah. but also i just can't keep track of the Mill plot i yeah. i don't understand who is in control of all of the yeah. different schemes and trying to burn it down and trying to sell it and it's i've i've just kind of decided like I don't need to follow that. It's, that's okay. It's the most confusing and the least interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it does have repercussions, like you know when the mill burns down. But like you don't really need to know everyone mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah, it's that's that's a that's a good point. I, I feel yeah. like it's it's not satirizing the scene as much. But you know he he tears the they start making out on the couch, and and Josie said tear it and yeah. tear the you know this expensive fur thing that he,
1: that she just bought and. He doesn't. Um, <laughs> it's and, tough to watch because we know Harry, and we yeah. know he's an upstanding, good police officer, <laughs> right. and we know that he's suspicious of her, yeah. and we know that uh, Josie's deceitfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, but but Harry, just see through it. But then they just start making out, and right. but um, then yes, but even yeah. yeah, even before the camera pans up and we see. Um, the Asian guy in the window We see him Because there's lightning really? striking as the camera's moving mm-hmm. On the couch oh. You can see kind of his torso Not exactly his head But you can see his outline Because lightning flashes Right words. A um, mysterious The first of two mysterious
0: Asian men introduced In this right? episode yes.
1: It's super Isn't, creepy Yeah It's just that the camera pans up And we see him just standing there Glaring This, this down. is not the first time That we've seen this guy Oh really? Okay We, we saw mm-hmm. No he's
0: not introdu- Well his name is introduced But yeah um, okay. We see him on the phone. Right, we see him on the phone, and we see him a couple times hiding behind a newspaper.
1: Yes, many uh, times. So maybe, maybe he had a newspaper when he was out in the rain, but it yes, just they got, they got right, soaked got until songy. he had to put it down. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's an interesting line, because as the camera pans mm-hmm. up and we see the, the guy, Josie says, I want you more than my own life. Yeah. Which I think is just an interesting line. Kind you know? of eerie. Right, it almost sounds like something that Laura would have said. Exactly, about, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, especially with the stuff we're learning about her. Uh, in her diary but yeah that's true that's that's really interesting um next scene back at the police station and and Lucy gets a non-Andy or Dick related scene um <coughs> she uh she's kind of looking around she hears like buzzing electricity somewhere and and uh in walks Judge Clinton Sternwood who talks in such an interesting way uh, and I feel like we talked. We talked a little bit about um, like Major Briggs. Like he's probably a really fun character to write, um, and I would imagine that Sternwood was kind of the same way. <laughs>
1: the cowboy, the right. cowboy judge. Yeah. Yeah, and he seems like such a nice guy. He walks in. He's really tall. And he's like, "Oh Lucy, you're a cool, cool drink of water, and for road weary, yeah, right? Just mm-hmm. give me a hug, won't you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. She says life is." or he says to her life is hard still it's harder in most places than in twin peaks which is interesting like reminding her like you know it might be difficult but like we're still in this simple beautiful town where uh you know nobody's hiding any secrets or anything it's just a very calm place where nothing bad happens yeah
1: and we get an extension of that with cooper where he says how would you find a little slice of heaven or whatever yeah um and then he says, "Well, you know, this week slice of heaven includes murder and <laughs> homicides. Is, 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 so, yeah. uh, it
0: includes arson, multiple homicides, and an attempt on the life of a federal agent. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, that's heaven how is it a large is. and interesting place. That's what he yeah, that's yep. So funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's all like it, it it does really seem to be you know all sort of calm small town, but um, I guess f- kind of from the start of the show." Laura's death sort of shocks the whole town but as I think we're realizing now uh, reading her secret diary and everything we we're kind of realizing that it was always a little off right it's, it's always been going on there's people history. were just blind to it yeah mm-hmm. yeah, which is interesting yeah definitely but um, and uh, then we do get to see my favorite character yeah. ever Richard Tremaine
1: right men's fashions oh horn man to horn yep. he, he comes in from the rain and and he's got money. He's assembled money he's, for yes. for an abortion, six hundred and fifty dollars. Right. And he says, he uses such funny words. He says, "I've been completely knackered," like <laughs> just, which is strange because I thought he was a very wealthy man. He works yeah. for the department's right. Where I don't so, know. Seems so why is he so knackered? Just I know, giving a couple hundred dollars for her. Yeah, but, but
0: maybe he's not actually giving her that much. Like right. he actually is keeping a lot of money to himself. That's he's just think, like, right. well, I'll give her a little bit of money and act like it's a lot. Like, yeah, she's just a simple person. <laughs> yeah, this will I, surely take care of her problems. Yeah, so I. <laughs> had the way I behaved. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I find it really, I find it really funny how he comes in and he's, you know, he's apologizing to Lucy and he, he's saying, you know, I, I have to do the right thing, and and pulls out some cash from his pocket and six hundred fifty bucks, um, and you know she doesn't take it, she's insulted and uh, yeah, she she won't take that. All right. Don't give somebody money for an abortion if you don't know that they want an abortion. Like. Yeah. He is a cad. Yeah, yes. I guess so. He's completely <laughs> knackered.
1: <laughs> um, uh, but she tells him to leave immediately yes. and never talk to her again. Right. right. So, I mean... And I'm that's sure th- the last that we'll ever see of him. Oh. Yeah, I, I wish.
0: Well, I <laughs> I I'm not going to say that. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Yes, there's, uh, we will. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's some... Well, yeah, let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Sure, we'll uh, make a Yeah, we, we will see. So... Um, now we're, oh, we're getting to this scene where with uh, judge Sternwood that we sort of talked about earlier he's um, saying Leland is a good man and um, he, he postpones the bail hearing for the next morning because Lodwick didn't show up um, even though he's at the
1: double R right so maybe just, maybe was, that
0: burger was just too good he oh had yeah i to, <laughs> to order another
1: huh. yeah, but, yeah I, I, I wonder I wonder why he didn't right. show up he seems like the type of guy who would keep his you know take take his time <laughs> yeah. I'd say Big so. lumbering fellow, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so Sternwood has this assistant. Sid, who we only
1: see for a second, who mm-hmm. um, seems like she'll play a you know a bit of a larger role in the later episodes. Right, you can tell yeah. Truman and Cooper are both attention to enamored her. with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, we get a kind of cool monologue by Sternwood, yeah, Wood, yeah. Cool where he but just kind of want... goes off on this tangent. Yeah.
0: What um. he says, uh, well, at least part of it, he says, uh, "Now the law provides a structure to guide us through perilous and trying times, but it requires our submission to its procedures and higher purposes." Before we assume our respective roles in this enduring drama, let just let me say that when these frail shadows we inhabit now have quit the stage, we'll meet and raise a glass again together in
1: Valhalla. (laughs) So interesting. Yeah, and and Leland said, would that it were so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In Valhalla, yep. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, um, just like stylistically, the way he's speaking of when Albert just goes on that rant about Uh how, you know... I, I, I,
0: I, Yeah, what is it? I, I renounce uh, retaliation, revenge, and yeah. aggression.
1: And he's Gandhi and all okay. those figures yeah. and, and yeah. peace, and yeah, it's kind of like that. I um, love
0: you. Uh, another <laughs> interesting thing that I don't think we've talked about is that Leland has rejected uh, mm-hmm. having an attorney yeah. represent him. Well, he's decided he to represent a, himself. Yeah. Being um, interesting. Right. I mean he is. Still, I think that even when an attorney is going to court, I think it's probably good to, to get a, another opinion. But especially if it's in the question of like whether he's in sound mind. Right. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it's not going to get better for him anytime soon based yeah. on that. That's not the greatest plan. I yeah, know. but
1: you can tell it seems like everybody's been treating him with respect. You know, he's mm-hmm. got you know, decent you know conditions while he's staying there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and again, it really seems to be like people kinda you know, defending him, they they almost like don't want to believe that uh, you know an upstanding figure killed uh, Jacques in a, in a
1: hospital bed. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So maybe representing himself is the right way to go because you can make make such a you know just impassioned plea to the people mm-hmm. about you know people can you know, actually him talking. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think that maybe the faith that people want to put in
0: in Leland, the sympathy that they're showing him, is because of their faith in the law like he represents order to them mm-hmm. like he's a lawyer he's mm-hmm. a go- he's a fine upstanding man right. if he's a bad guy then what does that say about their society about their small <laughs> town
1: that's really true, true you know? yeah facts yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah well after that uh We've got a creepy little Ben moment with uh some like pageant girls or something. The, the
1: Lumber Queen semi finals yeah. is what it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very very prestigious competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very
0: odd. Very odd. <laughs> I, I I don't really know what the what the like region that this is happening in. Like, it's just Pacific Northwest. Just Pacific know. Northwest. Lumber Queen uh <laughs> yeah i don't know that's yeah it's kind of strange but so he's uh he's socializing with them and um socializing yes <laughs> <laughs> he is an old man ogling them re-oggling right. yes. them. i don't know how that's pronounced. a word it's, that's a word for it but um you know he, he across the lobby he spies uh second asian man of the episode um mr tojimura mr tojimura what a
1: strange appearance it it yes. looks like he this is a complete disguise <laughs> When I first saw hmm, it, so I thought it was Josie in disguise. Hmm. Oh, well, interesting. Like, that's interesting. <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> but that's... he
1: says he's he says he's come from Seattle, I think. Right,
0: um, which and is then... the same place that. Catherine says that she's been... Our or Josie. Or, sorry, Josie, 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 says, says, been, Josie yeah. says that she's been shopping in Seattle. Yes. Right. But also M.T. Wentz is from Seattle, so... Interesting. And also, I guess it's the, the nearest large city to yes. the to Peaks, so maybe there's there's no coincidence there. But, uh, but he's got this large mustache, this
1: oversized suit. Mm-hmm. He's speaking in this gravelly voice that seems like it's very exaggerated. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm a mysterious right. and, and,
0: figure. I guess it's kind of hard to tell, like with the with the Josie and Harry melodrama earlier this episode. Like, are they doing like some kind of parody of, um, you know, like what the, what they, like, are, is Twin Peaks doing a parody of itself with this like over the top <laughs> character, or are they trying to tell us something else? Like, it, it's.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe this is Catherine in disguise coming back to enact her revenge as on Mr. Ben. <laughs> yes. It's very bizarre. I mean, or
0: maybe it's M.T. Wentz, I guess, is the, mm-hmm. other, as right, Louis the other idea. As Louie thinks, yeah. Right, yeah. But. She
1: pays in only cash.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so Tojimura pays in cash, and, and M.T. Wentz, as we know, pays in cash. Right, and, and Louie repre- recommends the double R. Yep, so, so maybe she's done her duty. R. Right. So, uh... So uh, now, now the the Asian man who's standing outside the window, uh, watching Josie and Harry make out, is inside and he's talking to Josie and he's apparently
1: uh, named Jonathan
0: and he's her cousin.
1: Yep, and and we don't see like you know him knocking at the door and coming in. It mm-hmm. just it just cuts through. oh he's yep, just inside now. Yep. Yeah. So I mean we know like Josie didn't see him watching them make out, but it's just creepy watching this now knowing what he was doing. Because uh, he, he knows about Truman, obviously, because he yeah. says, is he going to be a problem? Right. And yeah. I love in this scene, uh, Pete, it's just, you make it even more ridiculous, Pete's just holding this, um, this stuffed squirrel or something? It's a taxidermy of a
0: squirrel being a- attacked by a snake. snake. A, it, a it, squirrel being, str- like, uh-huh. the snake is wrapped around it and biting it at the same time. It's really like, I love this I'm, scene I'm sure that has holding it. Yeah. Some kind of <laughs> Probably symbolism. Probably you could you could I'm read saying. into the symbolism of that. It's well, because the, he... it's the evil attacking their their you know calm Slippy wildlife. Time, yeah. I don't know. But... Because
1: he then passes it on to Jonathan. Right, yeah, I don't Jonathan know. He holds Jonathan it mentioned. for the rest of the Hold scene.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of the different I mean I feel like it brings to mind a couple different moments where there are weird animal the things pine with, Oh, I was thinking of um the one time that there's a moose head on the table in the sheriff's mm-hmm. department, and the one time that there's a fish in the percolator. Oh also, those are the two just random like percolator. what is this animal doing here? I also don't know. also the llama and at, the, pen- the library's office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> where the where their slogan is uh to, All beasts of Right, to to tame the the beast of God or something like that—something something just weird. ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really strange. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if that's enough to call this a motif, but <laughs> yeah, they definitely <laughs> like just having a random prop that doesn't really mean anything that just kind of distracts you from what's happening.
1: Well, I can definitely see Pete giving Jonathan a tour of the house and all his, you know, all his animals and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Beast. Right. I, I've definitely never thought about. Um,
0: def- I've definitely never thought about misplaced animals being a, a theme in Twin Peaks, but it, it could be. You never know. Yeah. Um, So we really only have got like two scenes left in this episode. Um, but uh, so the first one is that Cooper waiting at the roadhouse. It's been mm. a while, I feel like,
1: since we've been at the roadhouse yes right. that's true because the roadhouse was the spot in episode one where that fight was yeah that's right. right
0: I forgot about that uh-huh. yeah, and 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 James and Donna escape for the to, to hide the necklace in the woods and Jacoby
1: and, find, right. yeah, oh man all that yeah, Seems like so ages yeah all, all that stuff
0: kind of kind of started at the roadhouse a little bit okay yeah um, and there's you know we we've seen Julie Cruz singing there and so uh-huh. we're back now back to the roadhouse um and Cooper is waiting for the book house boys, he's waiting for their best man. Mm-hmm. He, said, he said, Cooper, and he, did, or he, he told Truman that he needed him to send his best man, and Truman shows up himself.
1: Um, this is such a nice scene. Yeah. I think it's really such
0: nice. a nice moment for their friendship between them that, like, Truman would rather just send himself and be there for, for Cooper than to send anyone else. Mm-hmm. He wants to help him with whatever this. Uh, impossible task right. that Cooper has been given is. I've, oh, I've, so I've heard people talk about how um you know, Truman the reason they picked the name Truman is that you know he's he's a true man. He's <laughs> like he's like the most upstanding like uh you know he's he's a wholesome guy and he's he's a true man. I don't really know how much you can read into that. But yeah, he he does yeah. kind of seem to be the symbol of um, you know, everything that's good in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's true. So I guess yeah. That's a lovely moment and then Cooper buys him a beer yeah. right
1: yeah Before... Cooper, yeah Cooper has been arranging his peanuts and it's triangle as he would
0: <laughs> right uh, that's thats that's an interesting one not sure about that uh, the the meaning behind that but yeah yeah um, it's, I'm sure it's some spiritual thing, but the the Trinity or something like that.
1: Uh, yes, but uh, I assume in the, in the next episode we'll find out that the uh, uh, we'll find out what happens with him and and Audrey. Yeah, right.
0: One Eye Jacks. Yeah, yes. Jacks. We will see. Yeah. Um. So the last scene, uh, Hank seems to be wrapping stuff up at the roadhouse. He was probably closing, and well, I does he uh, sleep there? Because I in don't his, know. He's in
1: his pajamas. I noticed And that barefoot.
0: Too. That's a great point. Because he's
1: not staying in Norma's. <laughs> right. At least not yet. Yeah, I guess. Even though he wants to stay on that queen size bed, which he talked about. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I think he's just. I chilling. guess he might be staying there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't. Him and even Toad think camped up bad. in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> Him and
0: Toad and. Uh, what do you guys. Do you guys think that maybe he has kidnapped the attorney at this point? Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the. The stealing of the license and the fact that he didn't show up make me think maybe he's going to take that and then, like, assume his identity or something. Hmm. Although he doesn't look like him, so... No. I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm just making this up, but... because <laughs> I, I feel like I should also say, like, for our listeners, like, some of the times that we, like, pose questions, it's, like, to try to get Matt to, like, throw out some <laughs> theory. but some of the time it's just that we've forgotten. Yeah, I, then... I truly don't remember what happens to Daryl that attorney Adwick. character. Maybe nothing happens <laughs> right. with him. Um... I just I feel like it's mysterious that he was there and then he never shows up yeah. that evening yeah. at the sheriff's department. But I don't know. I see. But anyway, Hank is maybe in the his bathroom PJs. was just so nice that he wanted to stay there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's in his PJs. Yep. And there's I mean. knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. And he's grumbling, "Who's there?" And he opens up the door. No one's there. Starts to walk away, and we see the lightning flash again. This kind of seems to be the thing for this, uh, right. for Jonathan's, Jonathan's character. <laughs> and we see Cousin Jonathan in the corner with the suit and the sunglasses on, looking all yep. mysterious. I don't know why he's wearing sunglasses
0: because, one, it's nighttime, two, he's inside. Yes. Uh, the lightning was rather bright. Um, I guess, <laughs> yeah, maybe he, need, maybe he needed to protect himself from the lightning. Um, but yeah, he and uh, Hank have this whole fight scene. It's It's pretty one sided. Um, Hank's trying his best. Hank is trying his best.
1: It's hard. He kind of pulls out some judo looking move at some point yeah. where he just throws a kick at him and right. Jonathan just kind of flips him over the counter.
0: Jonathan is the stereotype of the martial arts expert, <laughs> yep. right? Like, he's like, uh, oh, I see, he's Asian, so <laughs> he's, he's... Oh, he can martial know, arts, yeah. Yeah. David Lynch saw a Bruce hard, Lee movie and say. was like, oh, I could do that on my show. Oh, <laughs> I, I think Jonathan should be able to fight. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. But um, I feel like fight scenes to this degree are pretty rare in this show yeah um but it's a, it's a pretty
1: carefully choreographed
0: scene yeah. with the hand yeah i, I guess that's true it doesn't really... really happen often yeah yeah,
1: yeah. um but uh, uh eventually jonathan throws him on the ground and there's this cool part well i love i love hank's attitude throughout this whole thing he's just so just irritated and not not scared at all not that yeah. deeply angered just kind of annoyed he falls on the ground and he's like what what? And he's just, he's just like, what are you going to do? Oh. Come on. Let me go uh, back to bed. Said, I'm just going to stay here for a while, is what he says. Yeah. Um, but Jonathan yeah. reaches down, and he grabs Hank's hand. And similar to what he does with Josie, mm-hmm. what Hank does with Josie, he kind of presses their blood together and says, blood brother.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he goes, It's weird, because I feel like, right, the blood brother
0: thing is them making a promise okay. to work together and not betray each other. So what does it mean to do that to somebody by force? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess Hank kind of did it to Josie by force, but it, it wasn't after, you know, a, a fist fight, <laughs> yeah. really. he's, like, turning um, the
1: tables on him. It's interesting. Yeah,
0: it is. And, and you know, he says, next time I'll kill
1: you. Right, it's like. revenge, I guess. Yep. Yeah. He, he grabs he the flashlight Josie. and smashes <laughs> it right down next to his head, and the yeah. episode ends.
0: Yeah, that's it. In the, right, in the darkness. Right, homecoming picture of Laura Palmer flashes on the, the credits screen. Credits
1: roll. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So... Uh, honestly o- overall I, d- I don't think this is a bad episode no um, I don't think it's
1: bad it's not one of my favorites it's what no, if, if I'm gonna rank all of the Twin Peaks episodes yeah. it's towards the bottom th- right
0: this, this is a, this is definitely a drop in the ratings um we were we had a 9.0 to begin the season We've kind of been dropping so this is an 8.2 um we go back up with the next few episodes. As we said, 7 through 9 are some of my favorite episodes of television ever.
1: I know. I'm excited for those because yeah, you really rant excited. and rave about those. Ethan, do you feel the same
0: way about 7, 8, 9? Um, I, I think that there are parts of them that I really like. Uh, I personally am a bigger fan of the finale uh, oh. of the season than of those episodes. Of but um, but there are definitely some awesome moments in those episodes as well. And, you know, looking watching this episode... so. Uh, I I looked at the plot summary on Wikipedia or something in advance and I was just looking at it and I was thinking, oh, I don't I don't like that part. I don't like that Mm. part. Like, I don't like the Andy Lucy, Richard Tremaine comedy uh, hour. I don't like (laughs) the, um, you know, I don't really care about Jonathan. But (laughs) there are a lot of moments in this episode that that I really do like. I think that um, the Cooper and Truman Bro moment is great. Yeah, they're gonna have a buddy cop. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I think I think that there's I think the Leland stuff is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think there's a lot there's a lot that's good in this episode. Yeah, empty Wentz. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not not my favorite. It
1: feels like a sitcom plot. But we'll see where yeah. that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we will see. So um, I guess the conclusion of the episode. We gotta we gotta ask you again. Who at this point in the in the series do you think? Killed Laura Palmer.
1: So in this episode, they don't really talk about it too much. You know, I feel like in the beginning of season two, that was kind of the primary focus because we we're getting so much of Bob and all these questions were being answered as to who was in the train car, where did they go, you know, who knew what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, as we said before, we know that uh, a third man brought them to the the train car, and they've kind of you know implied that it's Bob. And what we saw in, in the vision scene, the dream scene at the end of episode one that that Bob was there. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to say Bob, but I still think throughout this entire Back in Style series, I've always had my eye on Leland. And, he, and I'm still a little suspicious, because in the beginning of the episode with it, with the zoom out of the hall, mm-hmm. with the voices saying, Daddy, mm. and then you hear the voice of Leland as well, but it still sounds like, you know, we hear, we know Truman is saying Leland's voice, but it still sounds like it's in Laura's voice, in that, in that very girly right. voice, so... I don't know. Um, I've always wondered if Leland, you know, knew something about the murder before it happened, if he had, you know. And then there's Mr. Tojimura, who I think we can all agree is very suspicious. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He... Could be him. Yeah, hard yeah. to say, he could be the third man. It's hard to say, there's so many characters, but I'll put my finger on Bob for this one. All right. Well, do you have anything you'd like to... No, I'm so glad that I could be here. I was happy yeah, to join you. We were happy nice. to have you. Nice to have a, another Twin Peaks Scholar on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have to get you on for some of the other
0: episodes. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Definitely uh, bring me back if you guys get to the return. I'll be yes. very interested in, uh, we'll in what there. your thoughts <laughs> are. So. I'm excited for that. Yeah. 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 So um, we, you know, th- this is going to be airing uh, a few weeks from now from when we're recording it. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, hopefully we've gotten some other podcasts, uh, going, uh, on, on our channel. We'll see how all that goes. Um, I
1: guess by this point, um, both of us will be off to college. Yeah. Um, so actually maybe me and Floyd might have something else. Yeah. Me and Floyd will be in college in the same area. So oh, yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Um, just keep an eye out for more content, but as always back in styles, will be coming out, um, We've got you a know, lot stored up, so it should be coming out uh, weekly for a while. So you'll get all your Twin Peaks content. Yeah. Yeah, I, I
0: guess that's everything. That's all I got. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Ethan. Oh, it was a pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, we'll meet again in Valhalla. Yeah. That sounds good. Would that it were so. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, tune in next week to listen to the next episode. I'm Logan. I'm Matthew. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. See you.